You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to episode, what is this, episode five of That's Awesome. I'm Joe. Thanks for being here again. Uh, We did take a week off last week, um, and we're back at it this week, but I think it's important that we address what was going on in the country, or I guess in the world, the past week. And uh, so we decided to take it off, take last week off, and, and I had put up a post that suggested a couple of other podcasts that I've listened to. Um, that kind of discuss racism in our country through history and and current day racism as well as uh, those podcasts. If you did not see the posts, are code switching and, and uh, lynching in America. And I think it's important to just recognize and, and just address really quick. Uh, I do believe that the policing system in our country needs reform, and I'm no expert on that, and I don't have all the answers and solutions, but. It's something that should have happened a long time ago, and it's been being ignored and gone about the wrong way so far. So, you know, I I do support what's happening. And and I can say, personally, I I have experienced racism toward myself in in a very small way, and and something that I can never, uh, you know, I can't even compare it to the experiences that people are having in the black community and that people are capturing on on camera. So... It's terrifying. So I'm hopeful for a positive change, and I think the world has kind of come together behind this movement, and I I do believe that it will bring a positive change. So uh, in an effort to be more conscious of that stuff and and be part of that positive change, last last month after we emptied out the account for the donations, I personally donated my portion to Music Cares. Uh, This week I'm going to... Or sorry, this month I'll be donating my portion of them of the donations to probably split it up over a few charities that support the Black Lives Matter movement and the, and uh, communities of color. And I- I'll probably narrow it down later in the month. But I would love to hear from you guys, like what ch- what organizations would you like me to donate to as well? Because uh, there are a ton of them out there. I, I found a-, a website earlier today with like 140 of them. So I'm going to read through a bunch of them and and figure out which ones I think um, I'd like to donate to. But um, please, please, please message me on Instagram or on the Twitter and let me know where you would like your donation money to go as well. And I will do what I can to make that happen. That being said, um, I'd like to move on past that. I'm sure we'll touch on it again with guests in the future and everything. but I just like to just lastly, real quick, just I just want to make sure, and I know everyone is, but I, I just feel like people can't hear it enough right now is is to just be safe. I know that like the protests have become more and more peaceful over time, and I'm very thankful for that. But I also just want to make sure that people are being safe in, in 
just remembering that we we are still in a pandemic right now and I I, I don't know you know I, I think last I've heard is that it's getting worse in a lot of states as they're reopening so just be careful I I think again I support the movement I support the the protests and all that stuff but if you can be socially distant and do it do it okay now I I have mentioned to um Make sure you message me on Instagram and Twitter. And I also just want to mention real quick that if you have over the past week, I've had some new help um, from someone named Josh. Josh has been amazing. He's been helping me run all the socials. So Twitter, Instagram, stuff like that. So if you message and expect to get something back from me, it's usually going to be Josh. But I do see every message and he tells me about every message as well. So uh, make sure you say hi to Josh. I will absolutely be having him on the podcast with me probably during these intro parts as time goes on and we get more comfortable. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that as well. He's been amazing. Um, what else has been going on? Uh, we've been writing a ton of new material for Ice Nine Kills. So everyone that's here because they're an Ice Nine Kills fan will be excited to hear that. I'm very pumped about the producers that we've been working with and songwriters we've been talking to and uh, the process that that's been happening and the songs that we've completed so far, I'm I'm super super pumped on, um, and it's it's kind of reinvigorated my desire to get back out on the road and I've been thinking more and more about what that is going to look like when it happens and if we're going to be in like seated theaters with space between the seats or if they're going to do limited capacity clubs, I'm not sure, but I am I did see um. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm probably going to butcher it right now, but Mark Rebille or Rebelet or something like that. I don't know if it's the double L is that sound or anything, but he's actually, he's this kind of comedian musician that's very, very funny, uh, and he does uh, these like improv songs. He's out on tour right now doing a drive, drive-in drive tour, which I think is brilliant. Um, so good for him for getting out there and being one of the first people to figure it out, but uh, yeah, he's out right now, so check out his tour dates if you're Jones and a C Live Music. He's hilarious, and he's amazingly talented, too, so go check it out. Anyway, this week. Uh, this week was the first week I had on guests that I had never met before, um, and I'm, I think it went great. This was actually one of my favorite interviews I've done so far, and at this point, I think I have about 10 or 12 under my belt, even though they're not out yet, but... Um, so I interviewed Anthony and Boz from Capstan. Capstan is this great kind of fusion-y kind of band. They're definitely pop punk, but they're definitely metalcore, and they're definitely like kind of southern rock, and they have like a lot of that every time I die feel to them as well, and they're a fellow Fearless Records band. Really pumped to have them on. I've been listening to them actually for a while now, and I even mentioned in the interview that I think a lot of my friends back home in Boston love this band, and they've been like telling me to, that I need to get more into them for, for years, honestly. So I'm really excited that I finally was able to sit down, find out more about their story. And I think this is a great, their story is actually great for bands that are wondering how they can take the next step from being, you know, the, the band that practices in the basement or in the garage to just getting out on the road and building that fan base organically. And I would say that there's, while they're still building, looks like a great future for them. I would say it's a success story in how they went about making the band and the attitudes that they had in just refusing to not 
take it to the next level. They just did what they could to do it. I also think if you make it to the end of the interview, it is maybe one of the, the best tour stories I've ever heard. I've heard a lot over the years, and uh, I've been telling people about it for like the past two weeks since I've done the interview because I find it so funny. So I think you'll really enjoy it. I want to thank those guys for coming on, and also thank you guys for coming back and listening and rating and subscribing and donating, all of that stuff. I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I'll uh, send it right over to Anthony and Boz. finally did it All yes right. skype is just a real piece of shit sometimes <laughs> it's been like every interview i do there's like always 10 minutes where we're just trying to find each other <laughs> it's it's a fucking oh, yeah. nightmare it but, wasn't that bad we just had it on this computer and haven't used it in a while so i think we had to reinstall it it made it easier on our end yeah it's so weird though because like i i somehow my email is in skype twice i think there's like two users we we definitely contacted. We tried to the contact first the one. first one, yeah, for yeah, sure. and I have no idea how that happened. And then all I have to do is just like log in and log out, and somehow I appear again. Sure, yeah. Well, we, used your, uh, we used the username, so it was like oh, the yeah. really long live yeah. dot whatever. Yeah, I have no like somehow <laughs> for such like a simple software, I still have no idea how to use this thing at all. So <laughs> we're doing it, but good to meet you guys. Um, yeah, nice yeah, so this will be like the first time I'm ever doing one of these with people that I have never met before. So oh, really? uh, it okay. will be organic and we'll see how it goes. But that being said, like I am familiar with your band. Um, cool. I, um, I want to say like I just moved out to L.A. and I'm from Boston. Um, I think like you're half of my friend group's like favorite band right now. Nice. Um, because awesome. everyone I talk to at home is, I, I, everyone keeps, was keep telling me to like, check you guys out. And then I like, when I, I don't remember the first song I heard, but I know it was always just super appealing. Cause like you pack a lot of the stuff I like from so many different like elements into one thing, but w without it sounding like super forced, you know? Thank you. And we yeah, take that thanks. as a huge compliment. Yeah, a huge compliment. I'm very into it. Um, but I kind of, if I'm being honest, like I, I kind of haven't listened for a while. And then it was just recently when we were both doing that. Um, what was it called? The Fearless from Home. Yeah, yeah. The Fearless from Home. Yeah. And so I was watching it and I, you guys had that video pop up uh, on it, right? What was that song for? What was the song? Uh, well, Always to Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And that kind of like re sparked it so i went back and listened cool. again and then your manager just happened to reach out to me and here we are nice yeah, pretty great this is awesome thanks for having us yeah of course i'm pumped um so i guess i'd love i'd love to kind of just hear the origin i was kind of doing a little bit of research um I, I can't imagine this is true but for some reason google says your band started in 1998 <laughs> no, no absolutely not <laughs> yeah so, so it's that's like, 
It's like the first uh, thing that pops up on Google. Uh, Jesse, really? Well, Jesse's wow. trying to sort that out now. So there is an artist in Spain or France, one of the two, and he is a rapper uh, and like a hip hop artist. Got it. And his cap stands C A P capital S T A N. Oh, like Captain so we Stan. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm like. We a, were getting grouped in there with iTunes in. and everything oh, when we yeah. first started. Like, yeah. no, this is not a capital S. It's so always I, so <laughs> funny when that happens when like yeah. people's music gets mixed together and you're like put on the playlist and it'll just be like metal and then all of a sudden they'll just be like trap. Somehow it's always trap. Yeah, yeah. it is you always. Know? Trap. No, he's yeah. trap. Why yeah. is it that way? Yeah. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> so not 98. When did you guys kind of get together? Uh, so I moved to Florida from Detroit, Michigan in 2012 okay. uh, to go to school. So I quit all the bands up there and I'm like, well, if I'm not going to do it on the artist side, I'm going to do it on you know the audio side. So I sure. went to school at Wholesale and I met Harrison, our guitarist, and he's been a lifelong friend of Boz. Randomly. Yeah, randomly. My best friend met him, but I had – my family's from Detroit. And he lived nine houses down from my cousin Adam. It's like and really I weird. used to go see his band play. He was in a punk band called Trophy Boys, but he played drums. Yeah. So yeah. Harry's like, you'll never guess who I met because I had shown Harry his bands multiple times. Oh, wow. And even though we're the same age, they kind of always had like at that point a little bit more of a cemented like – a following and they yeah. were they were doing things just doing it for years you know and so. so that to me number one was like a huge sign i was uh in school at michigan state and uh i graduate the band started as a recording project with anthony and harry 2012 okay and then when and did this you is when you were back? still in michigan or no I, so when i moved and met harry in school uh we started capstan as like a recording project got it uh, kind of where the name came from it powers oh the tape. i understand i understand yeah yeah so we uh we just started messing around and at one point we had some demos and I'm like, yo, do you mind if I just try singing on this? Like, I don't know. Like, I'll just give it a shot. And he's like, yeah, sure. And as soon as we came out of the vocal take, he was just like, yo, I know a drummer. Like, let's make this thing for real. <laughs> yeah, you can awesome. sing. Yeah, drummer. so like it <laughs> yeah. kind of formed like 2013, but okay. it, the final lineup and the way that we wanted to do things started like 2015. Okay. Um, well, I moved down the first week of 2014. So over the years that they kind of had gotten, gotten started – um, with two other members when they became kind of like a full-time band. It wasn't really a solidified lineup. Yeah, we just kind of – we had a fill-in guitarist and our, our friend Kevin played the bass for us for yeah, a while. just one of those recording just, projects. I yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it really came yeah. to fruition. My band, we got – we played like the local stage on Warped and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like we kind of did some things, but you know you – and it was a college band. So like I was hoping we could do good things, but as soon as I got done with school, I had already up to that point thought like, this seems like the thing. Like I've, I've become friends with like him and our our drummer, Scott. Um, we didn't know Joe yet at the time, but it was like, and I, you have to make those hard decisions sometimes. And I just, you know, I I graduated and basically saved up enough money to pack up all my shit in a minivan. And, uh, uh, we, (laughs) yeah, the official start of capstan, I think of, is it's the, when you were there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 2014. So yeah. that was like where things kicked off. And then we met Joe in 2015. Okay. Was when that transition. And then he just, that really solidified like, okay, this is yeah, going to be, be a for thing. real. Got yeah. it. So. And is that kind of when you started taking it like, I don't, I hate saying this, yeah. but like to the next yeah. level kind of thing? Yeah. Like, so like we, we bought a van and we right. toured, we, our first tour was 2015. Yeah. We, you know, we went. That's when we decided, yeah, because yeah, we had just played like, local shows. 
we had the Capstan house, which was the house that we all lived in mm-hmm. uh, from the time that I moved down up until 2016. Yeah, I we think. we would just house bands. It was like a band hotel essentially, yeah. and then we would have shows there too. It, it was a rented house. I don't know how we we how never. We you know what's so funny is is my old band. I was in a band called the Venetia Fair for a long time, and we oh, I the oh, Venetia yeah. Fair. Yeah, yeah, I played keys in that band. Um, but we had a house too, and it was just like every band that came through, like yep. the north yeah, of Boston like area, was just crashing. And that's yeah. exactly what we did. And even if they weren't playing the show, like we could just. We became friends with so many bands that uh, ended up, are, or I should say are now, like doing things. Yeah, now um, they're like your colleagues, right? Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, cool. Cool. yeah. yeah it's really. funny. I actually remember, and I, I haven't even spoken to them about it yet, but when um, somehow, I don't remember why, but at my old band house, we called it band house, right? Like, oh, sadly. cool. Um, <laughs> I think it was like before, like right before they popped, like got really big, like Miss May I stayed at our house or was it Miss May I or no, it was Memphis Mayfire. We oh, always yeah. get them confused. Too, yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> well, M's, there's a lot of M's. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now like I see them around all the time and I still just, I, I'm always like in a rush passing like at festivals and stuff. And I never get to be like, you guys crashed in my house like in 20. 10 yeah i think oh my yeah so it's That's funny awful. how that works but i i love that like it, it's i think like it's interesting to see and I, i'm glad that you guys have had this experience too because i can kind of tell even by like your latest music video like you guys live together your friends like you're into the same shit right and you can yeah, kind of yeah. see that like it, it like i said it play out in your video and everything and i think that like really speaks to like you, the dedication that that a band has to like all just get together in one house, like fully immerse themselves in the scene, like have other bands come through and stay, and then just like balls to the wall, just go for it, right? I mean, oh, that's yeah. the kind of vibe that I got, I, I get from that, and I, I respect that because it's something that uh, I really tried to do with my old band. Didn't have the success that you guys are having, but like you know, in the band I'm in now too, like I know they have a history like that too. So it's something that I I always like to see happen out of like you know just a bunch of dudes getting together not really help from like an outside source yet just decided to just go for it right yeah and i I mean having the space like i just think that that's crucial us both being touring artists like anybody that opens their home to you when you're on the road is like a a massive like they become like it's it's amazing just because of that that, because it, it you know you're out there it's like oh i guess we're sleeping in the van tonight someone opens their home you know like it's do you have anyone in your band that's like the van sleeping guy? So, oh, uh, like if you I mean, park the van and someone has to stay. Joe. Well, not even has to. Like to be honest, I I always loved staying in the van. You did, okay. I, I loved it, but we had we had like bunks and a microwave and like all this crazy oh, shit in okay. there. That was great. Yeah. But. We've got bunks in ours, but it's just like the the platform one. Mm-hmm. So it's like the uh, you know it's, it's, it sleeps three on top, and then there, we call it the that's dungeon. That's what we did. Yeah, where you squeeze through, and then yeah, ours like- is called Spooky Land. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. nice. <laughs> and also set it off, ripped it off from us. They had a, a bunk too, and they called it. Um, I want to say they just call it. Yeah, I think they called it Spooky Land too, and they swear that they made it up. But they totally no got it from us. They totally no got it from us. I know they did. They love those guys. Yeah, oh, me too. Yeah, that's guys. great. They were, they were, I toured with them back in like 2011, I want to say. Like way back okay. when we were both kind of rising up at the time. But yeah, I oh, saw yeah. that you guys just, was that on their, um, it's like the world tour they were doing, right? 
Yeah, yeah they were doing the. Um, it was like right after the Sleeping with Sirens tour, I believe. They were doing. And then we, they were heading back. back they did like California. headlining shows back to California. Great. So. Yeah. Yeah. Was, and it was like, do you guys want to drive from Florida, meet up with a tour in Ohio, and then tour all the way to Seattle in and the then, winter? In the winter. Let's go. Oh, second man. time Canadian winter tour. And we're like, hell yeah. In in retrospect, like that's really hard to do in the winter because we oh, did yeah. Canada again. Yeah. And but now it's like with everything going on in the industry, it's kind of like we're so glad we did that. Uh, yeah, I would bet. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I, we went out uh, t- with Tiny Moving Parts, Jetty yeah. Bones in Belmont. Three days in. Three days in, it got canceled. Oh, so that's such like a bummer. our last it's tour we a, finished. It's yeah. a bummer, man. The industry, it's yeah. like, come back, come back. I like, know, you know, I know. Yeah. So, so you guys had to like just bail in the middle of the tour? Yeah. Yeah, they canceled it after the third night. It was, was weird, too. And we it talked, was going to be a good tour, too. Yeah, uh, we I talked about so. it in Chicago. That Even that night as – COVID started to become like a parent, like, and there was starting to be writing on the wall. It was really weird because the way that like the fans interacted, like kind of the, in the, the crowd, last night was weird. Like, it, you people could were feel kind of that people like, oh, were uncertain yeah. or something. One of our weirdest Chicago shows. And it was like, how long are you going to keep pressing into this before? And we were one of the last tours to call it. Like at the time we were uh, tiny moving. I'll give them props. Their team was on top of everything and it was all about safety and everything like that, but they really wanted to see before making like a, um, you know, too early of a decision. Mm-hmm. And it just, you could tell by that last day that like, this isn't going to work right now. Yeah. And when did, what make- day was it that it, um, that you guys called it? Um, it was in Pal- Palatine, Illinois. So outside that Chicago. was the last show I right t- outside Chicago. I can tell you. And we were like one of the, by far one of the last ones to call it Let's see. yeah i think I, I felt the same way about the one we were on to be honest i i thought we were gonna call it much earlier Did you guys make it through no um we were in europe with um papa oh, wow. roach in hollywood was... undead oh my oh, god that's right yes yeah and i think we we that the day the night that or i guess it was the day that uh trump announced like the travel ban oh. was the day that like we had played our last show that day and oh, we had, oh, we wow. had like literally found out maybe an hour before he made that announcement, which at, on our time was like two in the morning yeah, um, right. that the, we had booked our flights like an hour before that on like empty planes. And then the next morning, the planes were all overbooked. It was crazy. Wow. wow. Yeah. Ours was March 13th. Yeah. So the about last- the same day, just right yeah. about the same day. Yeah. So I remember we were because we, when we were driving up to the tour, there were already tours starting to get canceled. Right. So March 9th, March 10th, I remember thinking like this isn't a good sign. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, luckily my parents live in Michigan, so from Chicago, we just drove there and we had a day to chill and then yeah, we just wait out. Yeah, yeah. And then we just just to see what was going on. Right. And, and we just headed straight back to Florida after that. Here Jeez, we are. That sucks. Yeah, it does. It was crazy. It would it would have been good, but you know, hopefully the industry comes back roaring. I know, right? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes, though, because you know, I mean, even I, I don't know. Maybe I'm like a glass half empty kind of guy when it comes to this, but I just can't (laughs) see like rock shows have got to be like the most disgusting, like germ filled places 
where yeah, people just give no shits about sanitation whatsoever. That was, my, right? that was my thing too, is, is even when it does come back and they open up, how many people are going to be afraid to come to shows? Right. Like, that's my, that's my yeah. thought. It's like, how, how long until this gets better? And I honestly even think like the last things to come back will be this, like, yeah. you know, a movie theater is packed, but at least people aren't moving around and climbing on top of each other and everything. And sweating, sweating and sweating. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Um, right. But I don't know. It'll be interesting. And now we're seeing all these, like people do these, um, the drive-in tours. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. It's pretty interesting. I can't imagine yeah. playing to a bunch of cars. Yeah. <laughs> in a parking yeah. lot. Kind of funny. I, it, but it, one of the weird things about that is, is, like, if you could make like your guarantee and like people could buy merch, like I would definitely give it a shot. Uh, yeah, I would too. I feel like it's kind of a cool. I mean, I, I just, I, I can't put myself in the headspace of being like, oh, I'm pumped right now. And I'm in, like, you know, I'm on stage and people are like singing back at me. But instead, it's just like a bunch of people like maybe leaning on their car horn or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cool. Like, yeah. Good <laughs> to think about. Yeah. It's definitely weird. But I, I do like seeing like all the, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of creativity going on right now just Absolutely. in order to keep the music industry alive. Not, not even just from, uh, bands and stuff, but also from the the people running the industry, like labels and, yeah. and distro oh, and yeah. management and everything. So it is oh, some somewhat inspiring. And I think the last episode I just did was with um, Tyler Smith, who's a, a producer. He's also a frontman of Danger Kids, um, oh, and yeah. he was kind of saying like, "God, I completely lost my train of thought." Oh, um, he was saying like, "This is like an opportunity almost for the music industry to fix itself." Right, because the music industry was so anti everything that was happening the entire early two thousands with like streaming and downloads and and they were kind of like they got the butt end of it because they were trying to fight it while every other industry, like movies, for example, right? Like they saw it happening and at that point everyone saw like there's no stopping this. So now Netflix is huge and Disney Plus and all that. But the music industry right. is like still catching up to that, I feel like. So Yeah. yeah. I can see that for sure. Um, So I think that this could be like a cool opportunity for the industry to kind of write itself. And and I don't even necessarily want to say do right by the musicians because obviously like, you know, musicians took a hit during that whole thing. But more so like just a a better way to sustain itself, I feel like, you know. Yeah, Yeah. we I just read an article the other day and it was kind of, you know, it looked a little clickbaity and I I didn't know. But a lot of people were like, this is. A couple minute read, you know, posting on my socials. You, you, you should read this if you're a musician. Mm-hmm. And it did actually bring up some good points about the fact that, like, we don't really know when this thing's going to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for our industry, we don't really know when we're going to see things come back to like, quote unquote, normal. Right. If they ever go back fully to normal, which I still have hopes they do. But I think the one thing that that article brought up that I didn't think of that is an interesting thought is like there's going to be a ton of people in the industry. And I I guess a lot of good people could fall by the wayside too, but it's going to push out a lot of people that weren't doing it for the right reasons. People that are trying to take advantage of up and coming bands, the pay for playlist, the, the, the pay, the monthly payment for me to manage to to put you on a lot of that is going to be pushed to the wayside. Yeah. Because a lot of those people are only doing it for money. Right. And if they're not finding money, 
or, you know, maybe they're doing it for status or maybe they think this is how the industry will go. Mm -hmm. I think that reset is actually really important because the people that really matter and really care and that it's really truly at their core, the idea of like musicians and their well-being and growing a great product, those are what will survive. Yeah. And a lot of the people doing it for the wrong reasons will kind of fall by the wayside the longer this lasts. So like, I think he's right. Who who you talk to, he's absolutely right. And it's like going to be interesting to see what the the climate is when things kind of back to normal, like what's going to happen. That's really interesting. I'd I'd love to actually take a deeper read into that because I think that is true. And I didn't really think about how there are people that are working in the industry that have just kind of been able to coast by with the way things are just because bands were just doing work themselves. Right. Like there's a lot of people that just kind of coast on the, the bands that they work with success and the bands kind of doing everything, which I don't think is super common or whatever. And I used to work on the industry side of things too. So I've seen both, both things, (laughs) but, um, um, yeah, I do think that, that, that could be a, a really big positive to see some of those people that are kind of just taking advantage of everyone. Yeah, take a totally. Hike, you know, and for, yeah. for us especially, uh, a positive is we we were kind of ready for the album cycle again. Uh, not we're, not that we're going to release anything anytime soon, but we've just gone. We have been nonstop every day in, in creating, like, creating, creating. Yeah, right. creating. We have so many songs we've been working on. Yeah, so. there's going to be a huge boom of new music in like the next six Which months. Which is great. Yeah, Which yeah. is going to be nice. Like, yeah. Who doesn't want that? You right, know? right. It will be cool. Um, so, so you guys are, where are you at in your album cycle now? Uh, we released, when did we release? So we dropped restless hearts September 20th. And so, I mean, uh, yeah, 2019. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it hasn't even been out a full year yet. And if anything, even if we went to the studio today, I mean, it, nothing's going to be released till after the winter anyway. So we pretty much how it goes, but it's cool because, I don't think we've ever had a stretch where the sole focus in our lives is working on the songs. Right. right. We can't work right now, you know, on a anyway, second job. You're kind of forced anything. to, right? Yeah. It's like, to. why would you not? And yeah. I, yeah. It, it's work because we, we've been meeting like 30 to 40 hours a week. Mm. It's like going to a job, but it's also, I don't know. We, I, I, I think we job. tend to think that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait job. till it's like a real like job. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> um, we, when you guys write, do you kind of just like get together and jam stuff out? No, actually. So how it works? We're, we're interesting. Gu- guitar Pro. Oh, um, dude, I Joe, was huge on Guitar Pro <laughs> before. Yeah, I loved our guitar it. Player Joe, he he will literally write a full song and bring it to the table, mm-hmm. and he will talk about it, and you know, we'll we'll decide like we kind of produce. We'll it all produce within it the, sure. within the band, and so he'll go make the changes, and then as soon as we're like, yeah, I love that. He'll, uh, Harry, our guitarist has like a, an in-home studio essentially, mm-hmm. and they will literally demo the song with fake drums, but they demo the song. Um, and then as soon as that is completed, he'll kind of doctor it up. And then we're like, okay, let's start working on vocals. And we start, we all like, you know, work with lyrics and everything. And yeah, everybody vocal processes, yeah. everybody. And so, you know, we have what? We have 10 songs, 10 songs right now. Oh, wow. We've, we've already We've scrapped, scrapped like 10, 10 
10 yeah, or 11 songs. Yeah, that's the way to do it. <laughs> just go into, like, I'll go into the vocal booth and, like, hey, this is the lyrics for this part. Okay, let's let's track it. And, we you know, we just continue to track it. So, like, when we do go into the studio to actually record, we have 10 full finished songs that we think are great. That's great. You know, because in... It's part of that process is interesting, like with the guitar pro thing that Anthony talked about. Uh, one of the reasons Joe likes it is Joe has a huge background in technical music and Joe really music adds theory yeah. in music theory. Mm-hmm. But just he definitely adds the flair to capstan of where we really test the waters, adding a lot of genres together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with guitar pro, what he loves is that his actual style of playing his abilities aren't hampered by or or like what he can create in his mind through his fingers on a guitar he can write it up in his mind and then he goes back and he relearns it yeah because he's created on a program so it gives him no bounds okay so you gotta have him shoot me a text because i have a program that's going to change his life (laughs) oh really (laughs) yeah because that's how i write too um What, what program if you don't mind me asking well it's a plug-in um, oh, okay. For, I mean, anything really, but it's called um, Odin. And oh, it's, yeah, Odin. I know right? Odin. And do we you ever use it? it? Do you ever use it yes, with an amp sim on it? Yes. It's like it, the best it, it, thing it, ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can knock out songs like that. Yeah, so it's, it's like cheating. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Crazy. We found it and it was a game changer. For us, it's hard keep running. It's what we did That's on everything. And then I think one of the main things we haven't really done it, I think sometimes for like rhythms, but Joe with the leads, he actually is super obsessed with like, he wants to demo them and record them and, and get how they yeah. feel. Mm-hmm. So he's like obsessed with, and he, that's on this record cycle. He's been more like, I want to actually demo them. Nice. But yeah. Odin, like, Odin is beautiful. Was our that's entire pretty record. insane, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 No, that's awesome. <laughs> it's it like, you don't know, need to know how to play anything anymore. <laughs> it's it's well, pretty nice. scary at one point, but now I understand why he's like, okay, now for this one, I'm going to do it. So like when it comes time to record, he's not like, oh, right. I got to get Please yeah, well, I'll like, tell you as a writer for me, like, because I write for a lot of other people too, and it's like, right, as, as right. a writer, it's like the best thing in oh, the world. Oh, it has to be perfect. Yeah. I would never consider myself like a great guitar player or anything, and but like mm. just being able to not be hindered by my own abilities. Exactly. Is, is yeah, great. No, it's, it's nice. Yeah, that's how Joe feels, and it is a really interesting process because he also like Harry is the king of our band. If he will come up with a riff. And like the riff will be, it's really flowy and feels great. And then Joe can kind of take it and he can do a million different things to one riff and, and figure out, okay, this song could go like this, but then he can delete it all and rewrite a whole nother song. Like, and he can do that without ever picking up a guitar. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting because that also something we experience with restless heart is you have to continue to keep the human element sure, of yeah. the music. And like we've really found, I think, a good balance now. Yeah. And that's why he likes to play it now, too, because he wants to feel, is this human enough? And like, we, we really <laughs> learned yeah. that on the record. Yeah. yeah. When I do that stuff with all those like plugins and, and even like with Guitar Pro, there's always like once a month, I'll just go in and write like a two minute song that is completely beyond anything I could even imagine playing on any <laughs> instrument just to like get it all out of my system. Be like, yeah, I know yeah. I can make this sound stupid and fun if I just do all this bullshit and then exactly. get yeah. it out of my system. And then I can like kind of hone it back in, you know? All right. Yeah. I feel exactly. good. I feel better. Yeah. yeah. That's um, cool. Well, that's, I think we're, we're all on the same page. Cause you guys seem like you write the same way as me. You're kind of like 
the same yeah. kind of group that I always had aspired to be like part of, you know? Um, yeah, we think too. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, so let's go back to the history. So you guys got together, you're, you're down in Florida. Everyone makes the big move. Um, so you get down there. Are you, are your goals to just like get an album done or are you just trying to hit the road and like be on the road as much as possible? It was hit the road for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. It with was having, absolutely hit the with road. With having so many bands come through the Capstan house at the time, like we were playing those shows locally. And I think we did like a couple, because like I said, I had the minivan. And so when I moved, it actually gave the band a possibility to just take our gear places. Sure. Because you know, yeah. we, yeah. we didn't have, no one had like a car like that. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as that happened, we were like, okay, we, we got to play some shows. See how that goes. We started to be like, okay, this is good. But then fast forward a little bit. When Joe joined, it was a transition a little bit. I was actually playing rhythm guitar at the time. Mm -hmm. And Kevin, our friend, was playing bass. Kevin had started nursing school. So he was kind of like, he just got very busy. Yeah. And our friend Joe, who had recorded with Harry. From um, another band. From another he band. He was a vocalist in another band. Him and Scott had this thing right away where like Joe is playing like the faceless and Scott's doing like uh, blast beats on yeah. drums. They're like, we got to work together. <laughs> we got to work together. And the Kevin thing happened and I'm a bassist by trade. Okay. Uh, I played bass my whole life and kind of guitar in college with the bands that I was in. And we both sing mm -hmm. uh, in the band. Yeah. And it was kind of like musically, it's like a business decision at that point. You have to decide what's the best role for everybody to play. Yeah. So Joe joined on guitar. Me playing bass gives me the ability to focus a little bit more on singing mm -hmm. uh, while we're playing live. And that happened. And then it was like, we got to buy a van. We got to get on the road on the road and we got to see if like we are capable mm -hmm. of actually doing this. Mm -hmm. And I think from there it became not only are we capable, but You're we felt like we were, yeah, yeah, we were pretty good at writing and the way we all and get touring, along though, too. I think we, were, we got pretty good at Dude, touring. People we, discount that like you have to be good at it. And not only do you have to be good at it, you have to be like agreeable to everyone else too right like it's yeah, hard it, it, to find the right it, people to tour with it really oh, yeah. is it one, really one is. of the things about us that i think we all find super interesting is we're all like at our core we're all very similar but like kind of our day-to-day -day and and our interests even or our thought processes are all very different mm -hmm. and so we have all these core values and like we all believe in like we want to leave a legacy and we're not just like writing music to create, uh, you know, something that's going to get us paid. Like right. we we're trying to do something that helps someone through yeah. a hard time. Well, it's I also, mean, you can tell like your, your influences, I feel like really shine through in your music. Like I, I can tell that you're not like writing it for just like mass appeal. Yeah. Right. Not. But I, we're trying to have a little bit of that. No, yeah. I mean, you can tell there's, there's total pop elements, but the way I hear it in your guys' music is like, you know, I, dude, like the song I just watched, the video I just watched, it, it was like a, it, it's a big sing songy, like pop chorus. And then all of a sudden there's just like a blast beat part, Yeah, you know? And it's like, it's so sick because like, I feel like when I hear something like that, like, yeah, there's, there's stuff that appeals to everyone there. But I, I, I got the vibe that it was more like you just liked it too. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah, the, I think the main core for us is like, I mean, music got me through so much going mm -hmm. through life and it's like, you know what, why don't, why not give that back if we have the opportunity and the platform and the ability to do so? Yeah. You know, like we've worked really hard to get to where we are, I think. And, 
that has always been the main goal. It's just as many people that this can help. You know, I like think that's, I great. That's, that's my take on it, at least. Sure. Yeah. That was definitely like the that's like a defining piece about all of us. You talk about touring and stuff like we're the kind of band that we all like. I mean, unless someone's like not feeling good or like we're busy loading up because we have an eight hour drive to get to the next venue the next days, we pretty much always try to all be there at merch every night. We we don't want to like meet the people that like inaccessible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're the reason we're there. We really have that connection. We pack all. Anthony runs our merch store, packs every order. We write people like notes and stuff, and like we just we want to create like a real feeling of that we're not any higher up than you yeah. that we're not yeah. like we just we're, anything we're more just special too we're playing well, it's music. also great to be able to create like a community that's centered around like the common thing being you know your music right like it's it just yeah. makes this immediate connection with people and instead of having to like get to know them first or whatever they feel like they can relate and the more you can like nurture that type of relationship the stronger that fan base will be or even just like the feeling of community in general right yeah, right. that's so important nowadays, too, because I mean, not to say that we see it a lot, but like a real eye opening experience was Warp Tour 2018. Mm-hmm. Just seeing mm-hmm. all of the other ways that bands not only like act, what their day to day goes, how, who they are as people, like getting to know them one on one. Like, I'm not saying anybody's right or wrong, but everybody everybody's very different. Yeah, uh, of how they handle things it's, and how they approach things. Warp Tour uh, is definitely uh, a, a great place to. Um, I don't know. I, there's so much creative. <laughs> there's there's a lot of cringy shit too. Like there is there is there is no shortage of bands doing things where I'm like, oh man, I that's a bad. One. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that, but it, I guess that's their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Um, well, let's talk about Warp Tour too, because I'm curious about like the the the. The size of your band at the time in 2018. This that was probably a pretty big deal for you guys, right? Like jumping on that tour. Yeah. And like I remember my I mean, Venetia Fair did warp tour um in twenty eleven, I wanna say. Um, Okay. And it was it's a I look back and have fond memories of it, right? Yeah. (laughs) But it is a fucking grind. Oh, 100%. Like not being in the bus, right? And having to be in your merch booth every day, all day. It's like a, it's a full time, like nonstop for what, two and a half months, right? Yep. Yeah. And so we, uh, I, I'll never forget it because, so we rented a bus with uh, our, our boys and sleep on it. So we both were able to That's at least have that. Good. So two yeah. bands. But I'll never forget. When you when you like uh, network, I guess, and meet the people, it's late. Yeah, and I'll, we would have, you know bus call one two o'clock in the morning. You got to be at the at that uh, at the uh, gear at the gear truck at eight in the morning. What yeah. Was it eight o'clock in the morning? Yeah, it's and it's crazy. Like, Even if you're not playing crazy. till like six p.m., right? You just got to be right. in there you at eight. Know. Right. You don't even know that. So yeah. it's like okay, well, I got to be there at eight. Whatever, I could probably take a nap, but then you have to balance catering you have to balance if you have any press you have to go get your water and your beer or whatever you know it's all over the place and then you have to schedule a meet and greet so it's like and like just the 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 land there's so so much land well it's also just like at a certain point you just like it's just another parking lot right like you just lose track of even like what it what 
state is. (laughs) Yeah. I think I really realized uh, on Warp Tour, you know, going into it for the first time, you just, you don't have any idea. You don't know what you're really getting yourself into. And I will say, being a band that didn't have really any crew, we had a merch guy and then our, our friend Dieter was helping with photography, but he was also shooting for like other bands and playing when they came. He playing. was doing catering and he stuff was in too. the catering. So like we didn't have anybody that was like strictly there, which a lot of the bigger bands do. They bring crew right. just to help unload the trucks and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So number one, that made it all. Re- we had to rely on ourselves. But once you like get through something like that, like and I. Well, I, we I don't know if it will. I'll ever be more emotional about hold on experience. one second guys what's yep. up dan you need anything <laughs> sorry that's my our guitarist just popped in oh cool i oh, live with him they said hi, hi. <laughs> nice i think he's super high uh-huh. right now <laughs> nice <laughs> beautiful but warp tour is one of those things to me it was like i don't know i I know a lot of people that still do great things in the industry don't, they may not get a chance to do it or especially like not having it last year and what's going to replace, replace it. Or like, it's a weird time for that in general, but I think Warped Tour is like, it's like earning your stripes. Oh, I totally agree. Dude, Warped Tour was the hardest I have ever worked in my life. No joke. It's the hardest we have ever worked, especially for your music. Yeah, exactly. I've never once put that much heart and dedication. It was like you were living your band 14 to 18 hours a day. A day yeah. Every single day you were you were talking to fans, you were promoting in the lines with your signs, you're trying to hustle and sell CDs. You're like Anthony said unloading the truck, loading yep. up your gear, trying to network at the <laughs> I same know, time. It's crazy. All your merch, merch on those things oh. through through Fucking muddy fields. So bad. Rain. So, dude, like, I'm so glad I could talk to you guys about this because, like, yeah. I, I like I'm not having all these flashbacks of it. Like when we did it, we we were in a van. We had no label backing. Uh, we had we weren't even on like necessary. I think I think halfway through the tour, it became a real stage, but it wasn't even an official stage. It, it was like a Kevin says size stage, but it wasn't like yeah. you know. Um, and so we had to. We helped build and da- break down the stage every night. We didn't have a driver, so we were rotating drive two hours oh a God. night. Right? Dude, I don't know. Props props to you. Yeah. yeah. We, even us being our first warp tour, we still at least had a somewhere driver. to go. Yeah, it was it was brutal, you man. Oh, it's hot as shit. But like we it, like, like when we did it, we were like, if we're doing this, we have to make this worth it. So instead of hiring a driver, instead of hiring like a designated merch person, we brought three extra people that were just there to walk around and sell CDs. And that was it. Right. So we, it was all five of us in the merch booth selling CDs all day, plus three other people. And we ended up doing like, there were days when we were doing like 500 CDs, 600 CDs a a day. It was was nuts. Not only is that good for you and like for cost reasons, but you're getting your music out there. Right. It was monumental for us. Like it was a huge thing. Ultimately, like, you know, the band fell apart or whatever, but that was like where we kind of felt like, oh man, we got some steam going and we started getting like tour offers and stuff like that beyond. We really, we felt that too about Warped. I think one thing in like, I don't know. This just carries some weight for me because I, I don't – still to this day, I don't exactly know how it happened. But we were the only 
band, at least, I mean, we're the only band on one of the top five stages that wasn't signed to a label. That's uh, cool. That that's cool. Yeah. yeah, so we were still in the process well, of co- getting courted and figuring out what we were doing. Well, essentially, we were we were on Adventure Cat. Then they really let's just say we weren't on a mid major label. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, we had a we were on a stepping stone at the time, and the things that Adventure Cat did for us were Huge. amazing. Yeah. Adventure Cat was started by Michael Kaminsky, who's mm-hmm. K Manager. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you so know what's really funny a, is I don't know if you guys still have a relationship with him, but Mike Kaminsky was like uh, very important to Venetia Fair too. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. he hooked us. He helped us out massively too. He just like a friend of his saw us at a show and just messaged him, and then he took us out for breakfast the next day and like crazy. Yeah, he's a awesome. great guy. Awesome guy. I, we still have a connection. Him and Peter. Him and Peter's Peter. awesome. Yeah, you know? they they were. I mean, if we didn't make that move we wouldn't have been able to talk to the labels we did and then finally make the decision on fearless. Like it was, you know, to anybody that's listening out there, I guess, like that is looking for the next step of their band. Like, I think the worst thing people think about one bit of advice is don't just pinpoint like, this is my goal and I'll do whatever it takes to attain it because yeah, you want to sign to fearless. You want to sign to hopeless and like, equal vision equal vision sharp tone like you can go down the list of the mid-major record labels now but it's like it has to be the right fit right and you can't put yourself in a situation where you're hamstrung for the next three to six years by the decision you make because you're just ready to take that next step we surrounded ourselves with great people um we found the booking agent we wanted manager a tour manager and like all these people that believed in us and when we kind of were deciding, okay, what's next? Adventure Cat kind of came in and we're like, hey, we want to help you. Mm-hmm. And we're, yeah, like, we're and only going to be so. Was there Adventure the- Cat after management and and um, and booking and stuff? Yes. Yes. Got it. Yep. Correct. So that was like, and I I think I will stand by that till the day that I die, knowing the industry that I the way that I do at least up to this point. Uh, the label should be the last thing. I agree that you. I agree. It should absolutely be the last thing. And people think getting the contract is going to change things. It's like you need the people from the ground level that believe in you. A great booking agent that's going to keep pushing you to find tours to get your band name out there. And your manager, someone who's creating networking relationships, you know, just out there trying to show people why your band is worth their time. Right. You know, and, and that was where we were. And then Adventure Cat was like that kind of first step into like, this is what it's like to have a real yeah. backing of a label. And yeah. it was great for us. That's great. I like that mentality too, because there's two things that I think that you hit on that I think is great advice for bands that are up and coming is one, like be open to everything, right? Like, you don't, and the other thing is you don't know what labels are going to turn into next year, like, or the year after that, what genres well, they'll be focused on or whatever, right? Like it's constantly shifting. Look at, there's so many, every band that's been around for 10 plus years, odds are they've been on mul- multiple different labels. <laughs> yeah. You right, know? right. Um, and two is like, and I don't even know if you realize this, but I think that what's unique about your stories and everything is that you guys never take for granted what you have. And I, I'm feeling like, um, you know, you have to, you, you look at the opportunity that you have and it's not necessarily just like getting the opportunity is not winning, right? It's capitalizing on the opportunity, 
right? Just like you said, it's not like you can't just get a contract from a label and then it's done, right? Like that doesn't mean shit unless you're willing to put in the work and then they'll help you along that road, but they're not going to want to put in work if you're not going to put in work. Exactly. No, that's my thing is when we, when we actually got, when we signed the contract and we were just like, yo, we're, we're on fearless now. It's like, now is not the time to sit down on the couch and put your feet up. Now is the time to grind as hard as you possibly can. Because now we have this, we have this, um, this entity that's going to, you know, give us a platform and and push things that we have. So it's harder. It's it's like work harder. Work yeah. harder now. Yeah, yeah. You know? We I definitely put all of our eggs into the basket. We we pushed all our chips in now, and it's like signing that fearless yeah. deal was like this is the at least to this point this is like the five year plan. Yeah, like we're we're going for it now, all and, and now going it's, hard. Yeah, <laughs> you have to go harder. Uh, yeah, because you you're like, I've grinding. been only putting in this much. Like right, it's right. grind. You've been grinding nonstop. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can tell, man. I mean, your band name pops up everywhere for me. So you're doing good. it right. <laughs> um, awesome. wanna, yeah, that's good to hear. I'm gonna shift gears a little bit. I want to just touch on a couple things that I thought were kind um, of funny. Did I see Andrew Cram in your music video? Yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> I thought so. So what's Love that him. really? I haven't spoken to him in forever, but he was set it off's merch guy when we toured and i was like oh Whoa, i know that guy see yeah so i guess it's uh interesting but andrew has been our manager oh yeah, really oh since, that's amazing yeah, yeah. yeah since we signed so him and uh jesse labar who is our really good friend uh they've worked in tandem with managing us now uh since 2016 2015 maybe i mean we've known jesse for years he he was like he was a promoter for the tampa area and that's how we met him i literally hit him up and i said wait, hey, wait, man, what's his last uh, name labar yeah i know i know that guy i'm gonna cut that out yeah, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew and Jesse had a relationship, which is kind of like when one of them found us, they had like a relationship and Andrew was just moving to LA and he, he always wanted to kind of do this part of music, Mm -hmm. but he never wanted to have like a full roster. He wanted to be able to focus on like bands and those he, him and Jesse are those types of guys that have believed in like our band and our vision for years from, for day, from day one, literally. So that's, he's, I mean, that's our uncle. That's our brother. You yeah. know, he's been there for forever. <laughs> and he then, lives in LA now. I know. I should look him up because I just got out here. Um, and you guys used to – you at the time, you were with Donovan, right? Yeah. He was our booking agent. Yeah. yeah. He I play, I play in a band with Donnie now. What band? Oh, what band? Nova Charisma. Oh, you play in Nova Charisma. Okay. Yeah. 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 Donnie really is one cool. of – I used to actually be a booking agent at Artery as well. So like me oh, and okay. – yeah, me it's and Donnie have known each other for a very, very long time. Very I, have, I haven't talked to him in a minute and I would love to just say what's up. Yeah, Donnie, yeah. Donnie was awesome dude, for us. Absolutely great incredible. Great dude. Time. He was episode one. Of really? This That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a so great talented. dude. Um, Almost yeah. Most talented people I know. I, he's I like just the hardest working, most talented dude I know. It's kind yeah. of, uh, it's it's as equally frustrating as it is inspiring. You know? <laughs> yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Um, so a couple other things. So so let's. So when when did you guys actually sign with Fearless? Uh, I remember signing. It was the day that we start. It was like the day or two before we started the Silverstein tour. Which was so it would have been January, December, December of 2018. That's when we were, we announced. Yeah. Got it. And yeah. then you went right on that Silverstein. It was like Silverstein Hawthorne Heights, right? 
Yeah, and as cities burn. Yeah, that, that must have been yeah. nuts. Yeah, that was the first big one for us, and we were just like, Holy that was like the first eye opening, like big one. And yeah, we learned, and in I can't even say enough about Hawthorne Heights and Silverstein, especially like those guys, the things that they taught us. Uh, they took us under their wing, honestly. Yeah. Like, hey, we, we this learned is how it goes, so you know? much, and so. we still have great relationships. Like Anthony was on uh, lead singer, singer, oh, yeah, with Shane. yeah, great, yeah. yeah, and then like we're really great friends with everybody at Tandem, which is Paul mm-hmm. Kohler. Uh, and and uh, Richard uh, Fernandez run tandem, so there's like a lot of weird crossover now. Where like we're we all encounter each other all the time through other things. Right. So it's cool how that worked out to be that. Yeah, that's such an interesting tour. I love that with that As Cities Burn too, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, I grew up yeah. with that band. I would love yeah. to see them again. I went yeah. to see Under Oath's last show at Janus Live. And uh, they were on it, and that was the first time that I had ever seen them live. Oh yeah! And of course, Under Oath is back now. But right, it was right. at the time it was emotional tour with those guys. Yeah. I miss yeah. everyone on the tour. They were all great. So let's kind of move toward the future a little bit. Um, what is? I'm obviously you said you're writing or whatever. I want to yes. ask a couple questions, just hypotheticals. Um, cool. So, do you have like, if you could put together a dream tour right now that you guys would be a part of? What would that look like? All right, you go and then I'll go. That'll be easier. Oh, I don't know. I, that's a tough one for me. I mean, All right, I think I can answer it yeah, you right go. now. Yeah, you could go. I'm going to think about this. For yeah, sure. so <laughs> I think we'd only – I think Dream Tours are great, but you have to do like no more than four bands because yes. people love let's, let's keep it four <laughs> bands and, and let's keep it like reasonable too. It can't like, be like I Kiss the Beatles. Yeah, that's one of the four. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So like – in some, in no like particular order, like we've, I mean, my chemical romance headlines, um, a hundred percent. So you're in, you're in fucking arenas already. So go ahead. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> and I would not put a dream to it, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, definitely my chem. And then for like capstan, it's like, there's so many different influences, but just speaking on behalf of the other guys, every time I die, like, let's go every time I die, maybe like every time I die or like <laughs> someone like protest the hero okay. or between the buried and me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and obviously, this is totally hypothetical, but uh, I mean, Ice Nine Kills. That would be sick. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Right? I would um, love that. Uh, I mean, that would be easy, and we'll open. It's okay. Like, we're Dude, cool with I that. think we're- that could be a cool fit. If it was my band, <laughs> like, I'd be about that. Well, yeah. well, that's yeah. something I'll bring to the table for sure. I think that'd be go. fun. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would. Yeah, go for go for you. Oh no, I was just gonna say. I, I would say every time I die. Uh, if Queen were still around, I would love for Queen sure. to like a true, headline. a true dream <laughs> headline, tour you know? would be Queen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, I don't think anyone would turn that down. God. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm glad you said every time I die because I also wanted to ask the live beat. That's your new single, right? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I feel like it's more like a mainline. It it is, but you know, I heard well, like the riffy parts of like every time I die yeah. in there. But the thing I really appreciated about it was that it was it was a departure from the other stuff that I had watched on YouTube, but it still sounded like you guys. Cool, you yeah, know, awesome. like it was. We it, call it. Go ahead. We call it live bait. Uh, we call it live bait too because it was just a song we wrote to play live, just to get oh, people yeah, you totally. Yeah. And it was like, you know what? I think everybody gets down to this song when we play it live. So let's 
let's fucking record it. Like it was going to be, it was a B side from our last record. It was like, it doesn't really fit on here. And we were like, it's never going to be on anything. So we finally were like with everything that fucking happened, Uh we were able to release it. And it's, that was, that was kind of the only reason that song came to fruition was because because of of the the virus, the virus. Yeah. So we were just like, you know, let's just, yeah, let's get something out. Like this is perfect. We have it. We were ready to go. And, and we did it. it. We like so. recorded it because of Harry. Uh, we recorded it in like two days. Yeah. Because we already had it written and uh, shipped it out to mixing and mastering. It was cool because we got uh, Nolly to mix it. Oh, great. And that's like a dream yeah. for us yeah. just to hear what his sound like. And then uh, Chris Crummett mastered it. Sweet. And so it was just like, why the fuck not? And our yeah. boy Dieter had all the footage that we were like, we got to do I something with the this video too. Together. I love yeah. It. We were just like, let's be something, do something fun and crazy. And like, it, it was about. I mean, we would be totally lying if it wasn't about fan service, making people feel a little better and happier and giving a little bit more merit to a song where people are like, are you ever going to record that song right. you've played a lot? <laughs> yes, exactly. And we're like, I, yes, we did. Here it is. I love that it kind of gives a sneak peek into like your band too, though, like that video. It's like, yeah. it's really fun. It, it brought me back like to touring, like in my old band, you know, like Good. just like grinding yeah. and having to like... There, I miss all that shit like so much, yeah. but, um, yes. and there was a one bit in the, in the, in your bio, it said something like every, everyone has like a different like trait and, but you all just drink a shitload of beer. Yeah. Is that- yeah we do. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and I saw that in the video too. I was like, Oh, I get it there. <laughs> um, well, we, we like, yeah, we just, I'm way know. better on tour though. I drink a lot of beer when I'm home, but on tour, it's like, you know, you're a vocalist. You can't get I snapped. Know. Yeah. Like but I, it is there's fun. No, no way I survive. <laughs> we have our, we have our rules and like, we're really smart about the Free way show that we party. do it. But yeah, like we, you know, I think some bands, like they just deal with things a lot differently and like, we just have fun. Yeah. And like, that's, I, I don't think that has, that's not a requirement of having fun, but like, as long as the show sounds good, we have as much fun We'll have as a we couple of cordials. Can. Let's just sure. say that. Yeah. Just a, just a cordial. That's all. I ha- I haven't, I, I slowed down with drinking on tour just because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling my age now, <laughs> which, oh, which sucks. I'm 31 like, last week, so I'm like, oh. I just turned 31, so it's like I'm starting oh, to feel it. Thanks, man. Um, but um, I, I do miss like, I don't know, those like van nights when you're driving in the van, you're just wasted. Well, <laughs> I don't know why it's fun, but. How the hell did we do? We we used on the first tour when I mean when we started, I'm like like we were drinking really early, and I'm yeah. like, and then how did we show. do that? Yeah. Show that like, how did we do that, dude? We how had a, we had a sponsorship from shout out real quick to Click Vodka. I don't even know if they still exist, but it was this, right. it was this vodka company in Pittsburgh, and I hope they don't hear this because I will say that it is like not good. <laughs> it was it was not good vodka but they would ship us like at the beginning of every tour like three cases of it so we'd leave oh for tour God. with like 50 <laughs> bottles of vodka and so wow. it was just all day like drinking the wow. worst like worst <laughs> vodka ever just straight from the bottle in the van you can't do that now you can't oh, do that dude, no. no but i used to be able to like sober up play a show and then drink again but now it's like yeah. I have a few shots and I, I can't even play, even if I'm drunk yeah, like, or I'm not even drunk. I just feel like shit. Joe is like a great, he, he's a great, uh, 
he holds us down because he's like, you better not fuck up that part, bro. (laughs) (laughs) See, we needed that in my old band because everyone just thought it was really funny when we were bad. Yeah. It's funny. And then Joe's like, I'm listening. I'm going to be listening. You fuck that up. I'm yeah. listening. He's. Uh, we have the our in ears and stuff. He'll turn. He's like, oh, all right. I think you're a little drunk. I'm going to turn your I'm turning your, your, you your up in my mix. So oh, that's hear. hilarious. <laughs> that's so funny. So you have a band dad that kind of reprimands oh, yeah, everyone. Joe's band dad. Joe for is sure. just. Yeah. He's uh, one of the most interesting individuals. Uh, he's a, a prodigy by yeah. every stretch of the imagination with guitar and with okay. writing music. But he's also just his interest. It knows no bounds. Like he wants to know everything about guitar, everything about music theory. And it's imprinted a lot on our band. Um, it's really helped step up like the let's not be good. Let's be great. Yeah. And, yeah. and be great from our recordings and our writing to every little thing that we do, including live performances. So alcohol is fun and it's great. But like we really have taken like that step to be like, hey, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. And yeah. you want every night to be better than the last. You yeah. Know? But you know what? You should just do one show where you're all just blackout. <laughs> you know? I would say the best time to do that would be a Halloween show. Yeah. So then we dress up and have a great time with it. <laughs> there was this band that did a music video. I wish I could remember the name of the band. It was like an indie band. And this was probably a few years ago, but they did a video where, um, it was like an hour long video and they just played the song over and over. But after every song, every time they played it, they would either shotgun a beer or take a shot. And oh so by the end I of the video, it was just, it was just like nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> It was incredible, but like that stuff, I I I love that. I I just I always like when bands um, advertise how much fun they like to have, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. That's we, what, kind of what we did with Live Bait. We were just that, like, hey, right. we have fun. Yeah, it's like, great. You know, serious, but we have a lot of if fun. If you want to meet us at merch and buy us a beer, we're not going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to keep that in mind. There you go. All right, so I have uh, one more question. It's the question I ask. Uh, every band before we wrap up. Um, okay. And I, uh, I say this to everyone too, like, give me a, a real story here. Like, don't answer it. Like I'm alt press or like some thing like okay. that or whatever. Like, do you have, like, give me a highlight tour story that maybe you wouldn't <laughs> normally, okay, good or bad? it can be either. Just give me like a crazy <laughs> tour story that like, <laughs> you gotta tell it, man. You just have to. Okay. okay. I'm right. excited. Um, I- Oh, I don't think, I mean, you might be getting exclusive content because I don't know if this story has heard, has seen the light of day yet. Okay, I'm I'm ready. But I'm not really, I mean, it happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not extremely ashamed by it because of the circumstances, but all right, let me preface this by saying to sleep on it. Uh, we're, we're really sorry. Oh God. Um, so it's really, it actually works out well that we talked a bit about Warp Tour because, uh, we, you know, on the bus, you have bunks. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that who you were sharing with Sleep On It? With Sleep On It, yep. Okay. So um, I was in the bottom bunk uh, in the far back right. So in the bus, there's six on each side. Mm-hmm. And so there's stacks of three. And I was at the total, uh, the, the bottom, bottom. And then Luca from Sleep On It was in the middle. And Harry was at the top. But Luca had uh, he'd been he'd been sick or something, and so he was actually sleeping in the back cabin, mm-hmm. which actually was like the lounge. Sanctuary. Yeah, the lounge. Yeah. Um, 
And I had been having trouble in the bottom bunk. I'm a pretty big guy, but like, I was weird. I was having like night tremors, uh, because of the confined space. Mm -hmm. And like, I wake up kind of like in a panic. So there were some nights I would kind of like lean, lean out of it, uh, of the bunk and kind of sleep with my head, at least in the open space. (laughs) I would love to just see your head sticking out sleeping. Like kind of like my shoulders in the middle of the aisle. Yeah. And it was like, wasn't always even on purpose. It was just, I would end up there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Harry has been known to sleepwalk. Um, And obviously, you know, with alcohol, he'll do it more. But he's also been known to sleep pee. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And so I I couldn't make this up if I tried. No uh, way. It was (laughs) where I woke up. It was the end of my dream, too. I, I was getting rained on. Like I'm, I'm not lying, and I woke up. And, I mean, as quick as you can wake up and be in a panic and know exactly what is happening, I knew immediately, and I sprung up and I fucking punching him in the face. And everybody's asleep in the bunks, but one of our and I'm, I apologize to Matt, our bus driver as well, because one of his big rules was like five hundred dollar fine. If you piss or you shit on my like anywhere, if you piss yeah. anywhere or shit on my bus, and like this happened, and I somehow was able to keep my composure and not like scream and wake up, but right. I punched Harry in the face six times, and he knew exactly what was happening too. Oh, like, sorry, man. oh, sorry, oh sorry. dude, poor guy um, is just getting hammered. Yeah, I was, and I was livid. And what's, and I think the the hardest part of that story is like I definitely got piss in my mouth. <laughs> A hundred percent, like tried Harry's, like had piss in my mouth. Um, oh my and God. but here's the thing, and this sounds like this is a ridiculous statement to try to justify it, but Harry, thank God, had drank like six bottles of water before he went to bed <laughs> um, because he was really dehydrated from work. Tour. And even our bus driver, Matt's like, you gotta, you have to drink you water, have to drink man. water, man. <laughs> and that was why he peed in his sleep because he wasn't even that drunk. But he, he just was having a dream. He, he was having a dream, and he started. <laughs> I was and kissing off a cliff. He was, he said he was a cliff. He was incredible. on the top bunk, dude. Uh, at least um, it was like clear pee, right? Yeah. It, it honestly, this it sounds crazy, but it had no flavor. It had. Oh, there was okay. no. Right. Dude, no, 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 no. Let's let's stay on this for a second because I, <laughs> I uh, this is now the second P story that's come up on the podcast. Oh, but I will tell you uh, myself, I'm no stranger to this kind of stuff because Venetia Fair would do like some outlandish things. Um, yeah. So let me ask you because I have tried <laughs> both clear P and not clear P at different oh, times. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Did it taste like P still? Like, do you know it has the, like, now I'm going into talking about, like, the specific taste. Like, it there almost a, has, like, the citrusy, sharp, like, like, pungent smell. The thing the thing I could only describe, like, it's such a quick moment is it's, like, if I don't know how to put it other uh, any other way besides, like, it was vitamin-y. Yeah, like, dude, that's a great way to put it. It like, just like seems you like you're ta- like the taste of an earthy things. vitamin in your mouth. Earthy, yeah, earthy. really earthy type vitamin. Like that's, <laughs> but it was like wa- It was like, I don't know, like watery vitamins. Like yeah. it was very weird. So <laughs> I think it would have been way worse if he wasn't hydrated. Oh man, uh, oh, for obvious reasons. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's probably our our. There's a lot of them, but that's wait. Probably so like the so one no one happened. woke up during this whole thing. No, and too. sleep on it doesn't even know it happened. Nor does our Wait. bus driver. 
Well, they do now. How do well, you not might, like share like, that information immediately? That's like an incredible story. I was scarred, um, kind of right away. I was scarred, and Harry like lived in my. He he was uh, sorry for a long time, and yeah. so he was doing things and like. <laughs> I, th- I feel like as if anything that's scarring happens like that, it, you just need some time and I needed some time and everything becomes funnier. What was the cleanup not, like? But something like that. But yeah, it doesn't even really feel like it happened because it seems like it was so long ago now, but <laughs> I, me and so Harry talk story. about it. We have a special bond now. You should like, <laughs> here's a great opportunity. There's an opportunity here for great content like yeah you uh, should now that this story is out i feel like you have to pee on his head like <laughs> I think there's a good opportunity and uh with the way that we are as a band like that could very well happen someday uh, dude so. i will uh do everything i can to get uh a tour together if you just pee on his head don't take my word for it <laughs> Whatever I can do to help to get pee on someone's head, I'm I'm in. I'm in. Hey, it's it, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Oh, that's so <laughs> good. All right, well, look, guys, is there anything else that you guys want to advertise? Shout out before we wrap up. Um, there's a lot of things, but just simply, if you don't know who we are, we're Capstan, uh, and go find us on socials. Let's be friends um, yeah. at Capstan Band on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, and we've been doing weekly streams on Twitch. Uh, during the whole pandemic so go find our twitch uh we have a lot of fun content it's not peeing on each other uh, <laughs> not yet but there's a lot not yet there's yeah. a lot of good content that we're trying to build that up a little bit more so let's be friends yeah and thank you joe for having us on yeah this. of course this was fun um and yeah hopefully we link up together soon and we're not locked down and we can do some yeah. shows yeah. and hang out but let's, this was a lot of fun let's keep in touch um i want to hear more about your band and stuff because i feel like what I was trying to do with my old old band, you have like successfully done. So I would love to hear more about it. Um, yeah, this was great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so Joe, much. for having us so it. much, man. This is awesome. Absolutely. Well, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. All right, all right Joe. See, all you right. see ya. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. 
I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now.